Ahoy, mateys. Welcome to the first episode of Murder Savvy Podcast. Congratulations. If you made it this far, so have I. Yeah, we're in this together now. I am coming at you straight from an attic in Minnesota. And I'm now realizing that the theme in which I've chosen is pretty ironic. I guess I'll be the most landlocked pirate captain you've ever heard of. So speaking of Minnesota, there's not a whole lot to do here. The weather isn't great, but if you like nice people and fishing, I guess this is a nice enough place. That's what we do here. Be nice and fish. Yep. Sounds about right. Uh, So I've been fascinated with pirates um, pretty much my whole life. Actually, even before Pirates of the Caribbean franchise came out, I actually own a copy of Captain Charles Johnson's memoir. Uh, It's entitled A General History of the Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates. (laughs) So (laughs) throughout the years, I think that title has shrunk. But Captain Charles Johnson is also a bit of a mystery himself. Many historians think that this is an alias of Daniel Dufault. Those of you who don't know, Daniel Dufault is the author of Robinson Crusoe. There are other historians who do believe that Charles Johnson never existed. So who knows who this guy is? Fun little fun fact. So I've actually known quite a bit about our subject for quite a long time, and I think it'd be fun for me to tell you this for our first episode, something a little more loosey-goosey than um, some other topics we'll be discussing. This podcast will cover a different case each episode. I've always been into true crime. Um, Minnesota is really boring. Obviously, I, I mentioned all there really is to do is fish. And, and drink if you're into that thing. But if not, no worries. No peer pressure here. I never knew I wanted a podcast. I figured, out, why not? Let's give it a shot. If my voice is familiar to you, that may be due to um, my involvement in uh, another podcast that is a multinational podcast. Uh, it is called Unethical. So feel free to go ahead and give them a listen. It's a group of hilarious, hilarious people. Uh, They're very funny. So if it weren't for them, I wouldn't know what I know now to do podcasts. So with that being said, we can jump into our topic. Today, we are discussing the diabolically brazen pirate captain that all pirates and sailors feared, a man by the name of Captain Blackbeard. Historians assume that uh, Mr. Blackbeard was born in Bristol around the year 1680. Little is known about his upbringing. Most historians believe he was born in Bristol. Some say he was born in Philly. Others say New York <laughs> or possibly even Denmark. So it's very, it, nobody knows. But that's the thing about stories that are 300 years old is it's kind of loosey-goosey. You can go with what you've heard or 
legend has it. Now, a lot of people think that Mr. Blackbeard was educated because he was able to read and write. In 1996, the wreckage was discovered of Queen Anne's Revenge and documents were found wherein the captain's quarters that were addressed to the governor of New York and many many uh, trading company leaders. Um, and these were conspiring letters between them and Captain Blackbeard. So Captain Blackbeard was more than likely born by the name of Edward Teach. However, this is also unknown because many a pirate had to abandon their actual identities to pursue pirating to avoid any backlash or retaliation amongst their families. So it could be Edward Teach. It could be Edward Thatch, which is T-H-A-C-H. Um, but in other translations, Teach and Thatch are basically the same last name. So Edward Teach. He started out as a privateer when he served in the Spanish War of Secession, and he also did some privateering um, in, I think it was a battle that's called Queen Anne's War. So that all ended in 1713. So between the years of 1713 and 1716 is when the Treaty of Utrecht was signed. Um, so many privateers were without jobs at the time, and they already knew the trade route of the Atlantic Sea. So they went and sold from the trade ships instead. So kind of a catch 32, if you know what I mean. So through privateering, Edward Teach met a privateer captain named Benjamin Hornigold and eventually was given a sloop of 70 men and six guns. So this is a really good start for Edward. He met the right people, sailed the right seas. He's done good work in the eyes of Hornigold. However, Hornigold was already in pursuits to abandon piracy and claim amnesty from King George I. And those of you who don't know what amnesty is, this is a political pardon given by government officials uh, for those who have not yet been convicted of alleged crimes. So in 1716, Hornigold gave up captain and gave the rights of his ship to Edward Teach, who then named himself Captain Blackbeard. Uh, he renamed his galleon the Queen Anne's Revenge, and this gives historians reason to believe that that's where his little stint in Queen Anne's War came from. So Captain Blackbeard had a self-proclaimed image of basically the devil himself. He would strap himself with six pistols, at least two cutlasses. He would back braid long fuses into his very, very long, thick black beard. Hence the name, Captain Blackbeard. A lot of folk say that his beard grew just as far outward as it did lengthwise. So his eyes were very hard to see, especially when you just see him climbing aboard. 
No, he would also stick matches in his classic pirate hat and light them during battle. So he definitely uh, was making himself out to be a diabolical human. Uh, He definitely did not want to be known as human-like. He wanted to be known as demon-like. From the words of Captain Charles Johnson himself, uh, this is this is how he states uh, the image of Captain Blackbeard. Imagination couldn't form an idea from hell to look more frightful. And through the inner workings of human fear itself, Blackbeard and crew only had to fight a few handfuls of trade ships. And then word came out that there was a devil-like monster pirate captain walking amongst them. This made pirating extremely easy for Blackbeard. The black flags would be seen by trade ships and then immediate white flags would be raised in return. They were not going to fight because they were not set to fight. They had no cannons on board. They had more than likely slaves, sugar, ammo, things like that. You know, things that would be useful to pirates. Hopefully they let the slaves go. If I were a pirate, I'd let the people go and take all the shit, but whatever. So he eventually grows his crew and gains more sloops. His right-hand man was a man named Israel Hands, and he commanded a sloop called the Revenge that sailed along with Queen Anne's Revenge. Now, one night, Israel Hands, Captain Blackbeard, and a few other crewmen were in the captain's quarters drinking rum, naturally. And really out of nowhere, unprovoked, unsolicited, Captain Blackbeard in one fell swoop blew out a candle, the only candle, drew two pistols from his holsters, cross-drew, cocked them both, and fired at will from underneath the table. One man was unharmed. The man that was harmed was, in fact, Israel Hands, Blackbeard's first mate. He shot him through the knee maiming him for life and everyone was very bewildered until blackbeard lit the candle again in shock hands asked him why have you shot me blackbeard's response was if i don't kill one every now and again they'll forget who i am he will shoot his own crewmen to show who's in control who runs the reins Blackbeard and his crew sailed back and forth, up and down the Atlantic, taking anything they really wanted, anything, because so many people surrendered to them. It is known that Blackbeard was married at least a number of 14 times, and his last known wife was all of 16 years old. Now, when he did visit the lands of Jamaica, where is said to be where he hung out mostly, it's Jamaica, he would actually let his crewmen to shore and sexually assault his young wife before his very eyes. So he takes what he wants from whoever he wants. Now, come spring of 1718... There are many, many New England governors really mad at Captain Blackbeard, and they want to take him down, and they want to take him down now. And it wasn't until Alexander Spotswood 
governor of Virginia, hired Lieutenant Robert Maynard, captain of his ship called the Pearl, with two sloops to go get that SOB. There was a bounty now on Captain Blackbeard's head for 100 pounds, dead or alive, in 1718. (laughs) So in 2022, in U.S. dollars, that is equivalent to $26,000, dead or alive. I don't know. Would you take it? All right. Now. Maynard was known for being a bit of a trickster and tricking Blackbeard was his goal. Robert Maynard's crew spotted Queen Anne's revenge, which had gone into the Ocracoke Inlet in which Maynard's sloops followed him. Maynard did not know for sure if Blackbeard already knew that he was after him, but Maynard anticipated it. He made sure that this plan, he had many plans, but this one was definitely a play. So this is what they were going with. So Blackbeard, thinking that he's being hunted by some men, he sees Maynard aboard the Pearl and a handful of crewmen. So Blackbeard ordered his men aboard the Pearl. And the battle ensues so quickly because before Blackbeard's crew went aboard the Pearl, Blackbeard shouted, I think he was a little bit drunk, shouted at Maynard, damnation, take my soul if I give you quarters or take any from you. And if you don't know, quarters means mercy in pirate lingo. So I will go to hell before I let you have mercy or let you take mercy from me. Like them is fighting words. So boom, battles on. It is Blackbeard and 20 men, I believe. And what Blackbeard didn't know was that Maynard had ordered at least 80 of his men below deck to hide and wait for the signal to ambush Blackbeard and his crew. So the signal was sung and all the men from below deck began ambushing. It was wild. It was crazy. There was bloodshed everywhere. And then it came down to the final six minutes. Blackbeard faces Maynard and in one heavy swoop actually breaks Maynard's cutlass. And Blackbeard thinks he has the upper hand until he raises his cutlass once again and is pierced on all sides. He is pierced at least 25 times by Maynard's crewmen. And with that, Blackbeard still tried to cock his pistol, naturally. (laughs) So he still tried to cock his pistol. And in that moment, another crewman of Maynard's swung his cutlass and nearly decapitated the feared Captain Blackbeard. And in this moment, nearly headless, Blackbeard looked at the man and said, good shot, stammered backwards. And Maynard grabbed that thick, full beard in his hand, lifted Blackbeard's face to his and finished cutting off his head. The rest of Blackbeard's crewmen tried to fight, but eventually gave in and were essentially hanged. But 
Maynard took Blackbeard's head and tied it to the bowsprit of the Pearl. And for those of you who don't know ships, the bowsprit is that very dippy, dippy top of the boat that sticks out. And now I don't know if like his head was tied to it or if like they actually replaced like his spinal column, (laughs) like where his neck bone would be. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they just like stuck his head to it or if he was like roped to it. I don't know. Pretty crazy to just picture a decomposing head like dripping off of a bowsprit. Uh, And then they threw his body overboard. And therefore, Blackbeard is forever indebted to Davy Jones Locker. That is the story of Captain Blackbeard and his whole two and a half years of piracy. He was about 40 years old when he perished to the British Navy. I just wanted to present a little more fun case. Obviously, I don't know if I'm going to have all the facts, let alone the correct facts. Um, So I figured I'd start with this one. Start off with a literal bang. Hope you'd enjoyed. I have a few ways you can reach out to me. Um, You can join the Facebook group. It is Murder Savvy Podcast and Crew. Instagram is at Murder Savvy Podcast. Or you can email me at murdersavvypod at gmail.com. Again, I hope you enjoyed this story. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope to see you next time. Tally ho. (laughs) 